you found the J-Spot. Join us every Thursday for a candid look at issues affecting women. Everyone is welcome. We are an all-inclusive podcast with open minds and hearts. If you've got an opinion, we want to hear it. From work life to sex to sexual preference to lifestyle, we will leave no stone unturned as we educate ourselves and others. J-Spot. It's been a pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to J-Spot Season 2, Episode 2. We're going to get straight into the content today, so sit back with a glass of wine, relax and enjoy. Hello and welcome. We are here with Melissa, who is my sister-in-law. And if you are unaware of who Melissa is, definitely check out our episode in season one with Amy, our surrogacy episode. So a little brief background. So Amy is my sister and Melissa is my sister-in-law. And Amy was a surrogate for my brother and my sister-in-law. So if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely check it out. But we wanted to get Melissa's side of the surrogacy story from the wonderful mummy of Rowan. So, Melissa, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. So, we have done this once before. (laughs) I forgot to record. And, um, yeah, everyone's annoyed at me now. We're We're just pretending it didn't happen. We're just pretending this is all wrong. (laughs) To be fair, this isn't the first time we've had to start again. So, it's it's fine. fine. (laughs) um, Yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself, Melissa, again. Okay. Uh, Take two. Yeah, I'm um, mummy, Rowan's mummy. (laughs) Um, And your sister-in-law, Amy's sister-in-law, Joe's wife. Um, you guys I, are going to need to take notes for this, by the way. It's all very, it's like it's, a family tree. It's very complicated. <laughs> I won't go into the next generation. Yeah. All parents are divorced, remarried, etc. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, we're all very happy, big one happy family. And um, I work for Hampshire County Council, Special Educational Needs Service, have done for, uh, well, since I lived with Joe, really, which was like 10 years ago. Um, Joe and I have been married for five years, together for... 11 long time yeah so we were saying i was i was 13 12 when i met you probably yeah yeah just a little bubba and i was just (laughs) saying how melissa has an amazing voice for radio and just said she should do dirty phone lines was it you that said that or amy said (laughs) she should do the sexy phone line but um we are also joined by amy i don't know whether you said that already I did in the first recording, but not the second one, yeah. <laughs> no, Amy's here with us. So Amy was um, in the first episode. So she carried the bubba, but Melissa is the mummy of the bubba. So um, Amy's here as well, just to give a little bit of input. So I think if you're happy with this, I will just hack on with the questions. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Um, I know you're a little bit nervous, but there's no need to be. It's fine. We're all friends here and family. <laughs> Jane's an honorary member of the exactly. family. She's basically lives here, so... <laughs> uh, basically a sister from another mister mm-hmm. so um so let's start off with we wanted to kind of obviously with amy's episode it was very much the surrogacy story but obviously there was a reason why you needed surrogacy in the first place so we wanted to talk about the journey before the surrogacy journey basically yeah so if you wanted to just to start off with where it all began really and what happened I know it's not overly nice but it's an important thing to talk yeah, about yeah I agree it's it is it's very significant really because you don't just leap into surrogacy yeah. <laughs> um, for no reason so um it obviously is quite a long story I'll keep, try and keep it concise if I can um 
Joe and I got together um, probably when I was around 25 and I always knew um, through having my heart condition that having children could be problematic for me. Um, they warned me that that it quite often can be a problem um, trying to conceive and also carrying a baby to full term as well. It can cause huge issues, you know, potentially a stroke. Um, there's a higher risk yeah. of having... Yeah. Yeah, so I would have been very high risk for a stroke um, and potentially, you know, going into heart failure, basically. Mm. Um, also, there is a higher risk of me having a premature baby, um, which obviously then is an added risk of a baby having um, severe disabilities and, and things like that. So I knew all of that, but you, that's, you just put that to one side and think, hopefully it won't happen to me. But so, you must have really wanted to be a mummy then, if you were willing to put yourself sort of in that sort of risk category I guess yeah yeah I always wanted to have children mm -hmm. I've, I've never really wanted to do anything else other than be a mum as, as corny as that sounds that is genuinely true Jade's like what are you on <laughs> I'm like I've never wanted to do anything less than be a mum yeah. um, and Joe and I you know, yeah we talked about it all the time he wanted to be a dad I used to say oh, I want three children always wanted three children anyway we got together my doctors immediately sort of said um, right, you need to think think about having your babies ASAP, basically, because I was well, um, everything was going pretty well in terms of my health. Um, so we were together probably two years-ish. Um, we knew we were going to get married. Um, so we started having, well, you know, trying to have a baby straight away. And it took probably a year for me to fall pregnant, uh, which is not that unusual. I was going to say, that's quite standard, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, I had a miscarriage at eight, nine weeks. Um, which, again, is quite common, though. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it was horrible, but you yeah. kind of think, oh, OK, I got pregnant. My mum had two miscarriages. Yeah. It's really common. I know lots of people. Who sadly. Have. Yeah. So we carried on, um, got pregnant again had another miscarriage at about seven weeks. Can I ask a um, question? Yeah, sorry, yeah. for somebody who... Because obviously where I don't want kids um, and have don't have any sisters or anything, so um, when at what stage would you know you're pregnant in terms of weeks? In terms of, like, when can you take a pregnancy test and stuff? If, if you're actively trying, you can usually take a pregnancy test. Um, probably, I'd say... If you know when you've ovulated, sorry, that's what I mean. Yeah. If you know when you've ovulated, then obviously you've had sex. Um, you can usually take the test probably about a week after you... Bloody hell, yeah. so, you, so it, you would have sort of been invested for sort of over a month then in, in yeah. the fact that you would be... Right, yeah, yeah, um, and then obviously when you get to when your period's due and you don't have a period, then you might think, oh, I might be pregnant, you can yeah, take yeah. the test. Because um, they can be very sensitive and detect the hormone Got before... You. I, I wasn't period. sure because when you said eight weeks, I wasn't sure if like you would only know at seven weeks or something and then it would be sort of a short period of time. No, I, I would have found out probably by, yeah, like four or five weeks pregnant. Okay. Um, so then it, the third time I got pregnant, so we'd probably been trying a couple of years by this point, um, fell pregnant again and that one stuck. Um, so amazingly I, I had an early scan mm -hmm. and it, there was a heartbeat and it was, it was all good and it was amazing. And then, how early um, was the scan? What, how many weeks? That would have been about six, six, seven weeks oh, because I'd, yeah, cause I'd had two miscarriages. They refer you for an early scan. Yeah. And that was fine. And then I got to about 10, 11 weeks and I had a bleed. And I thought, oh my God, this is it. I'm going to lose him. Well, I didn't know it was a boy at the time. But um, I 
went to the doctors and had another early scan and actually they said it's okay there's still a heartbeat you've probably just had a bit of you know um often there can be some bleeding in the early weeks then it, things carried on went for my usual 12 week checkup 12 week scan and that was fine as well so we thought oh my god this actually could be it but i was still really 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 cautious like mm-hmm. you know we're not telling anyone it, it probably isn't going to happen you convince yourself mm-hmm. it's not going to happen it's like a defense mechanism um unfortunately the bleeding continued intermittently um and i got to 14 weeks and i had a an enormous bleed um I, we'd just been out for a little walk around our village, got home, and I was just about to start dinner, and I thought I'd wet myself. Like, it was the weirdest sensation. I stood in the kitchen, and I suddenly felt... It was like a balloon popping right. in my pants, and yeah. it was just warm, and it ran down, and I was like, oh, my God, what's happened? I put my hand down, and it was blood. Um, and I screamed at Joe. I was like, Joe, I'm bleeding! And he rushed down, and we called an ambulance because it was literally awful um and I immediately I went into shock I was shaking my blood pressure dropped I I went dizzy you know I virtually collapsed because I was losing so much blood so quickly so they rushed me to hospital the bleeding did subside and they scanned me and amazingly there was still a heartbeat so they determined that it wasn't I wasn't miscarrying at that point but I may go on to miscarry um and I was sent home we carried on um and then we got to I got to 18 and a half weeks and I had another enormous bleed um really early in the morning it's like 5am in the morning woke up um to you know the sensation and um called an ambulance again and uh the whole following you know sort of 12 hours was just horrific Mm. absolutely horrific um extremely heavy bleeding i had to have two blood transfusions um blue lighted hospital you know the full works um and then i was admitted to the princess anne in southampton um the bleeding did subside again but i was pretty poorly having Mm. lost so much blood baby was still okay um amazingly but they did warn me um i was having they were contractions essentially but they were very sporadic they weren't regular so i was having contractions for about five days um and then i got to one particular you know the fifth day or sixth day i was in hospital i woke up with some back pain didn't really think anything of it and then by 11 p.m that night um I started getting some quite severe contractions and how many weeks would that be I I was about eight yeah so 18 and a half 19 weeks at this point so baby was fully formed we'd we'd had um scans you know could see he was growing well baby that early before ever and it survived Uh, no 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 they're not viable I mean that's a horrible word I hate that word but yeah they their lungs aren't strong enough yeah um they're not self-sufficient their eyes are fused you know they're far too too weak to survive outside the womb sadly um so yeah the the labor started and um it was just complete it was like a blur but I do remember it vividly yeah. um it all happened so quickly and um Joe had gone home 
Joe went home. And I remember the midwife saying to me, I think we need to call Joe. And I was like, no, 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 don't call him. It's, it's, it's okay. I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to wake him up. I don't want to bother him. Mm. And I don't know what I was expecting to happen in my head. Cause I knew what was happening. Yeah. I knew I was going to lose him. And, um, anyway, they had to rush me into the, like the labor room really. Mm. Cause I was in a, a little bedroom before. Um, they got me gowned up. They got me on a monitor and the contractions were coming thick and fast at this point. And then, then I shouted to the midwife, I, I'm bleeding, I'm bleeding, I've had a bleed. And she said, no, Melissa, your waters have gone. Oh, my God. Yeah. So my waters had gone, and that was the point where, I mean, it was literally minutes after that he he came out. So I had, they were telling me, you know, you And Joe wasn't there? No. Um, I said, you know, sorry, they said to me, you need to push, you need to push. So I did, and... He was born, and um, they said to me straight away, do you want to hold him, Melissa? It's a boy, do you want to hold him? And I just, I panicked. I was like, mm. I don't know, I don't know. I don't know if I can. Um, and they said, that's fine, don't worry, don't worry. So they, they took him away, and, you know, they look after him and get him ready um, for if I want to see him later. And that that was it. It was sort of done. And I remember one of the midwives crouching down by the bed with me, and she just, she literally just looked into my eyes and I could see her t- her eyes were filled with tears. And that that was enough. You know, I just, they were amazing. Aww. Absolutely amazing. I, yeah, the whole thing was so traumatic. I, the pain, the emotion that, go, that came with it and um, just everything happening in such a, a rush. It, yeah. it just all happened so quickly. And um, but that's their job, isn't it? Yeah. That's what they have to do. Yeah, and this was in the middle of the night as well. So yeah. I was screaming the place down, and I, you know, I think of these poor women, who who are probably listening to me screaming in the middle of the night. So it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So and, um, do you mind me asking? Because again, completely uneducated. So would that be a full size baby? No. You so you okay? Yeah. He so was quite a lot smaller. He was he was teeny tiny. Um, mm. They say at eighteen weeks the baby's like the size of a banana. That's okay. how they they get a guide it. Yeah, but he was. I could fit him in my two hands. So in my mm. in palms, if I put my two palms together, he would fit in there. Blimey. But he was he was perfect. You know, he was perfectly formed little baby boy mm-hmm. um he was just tiny and um they they sort of got me cleaned up and try and get you settled give you a cup of tea joe rushed in at this point yeah. so once it was all over joe rushed in crying and i can't f- believe he wasn't there yeah i know they had called him by this point you know <laughs> they ignored me and, yeah, just, yeah. and just rang him but he had to drive for like 20 minutes to get to me yeah. and um so he Quite rushed in Joe, he wasn't bombing it down the way to it like <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> um and i just remember the first thing i said was i'm sorry because i just felt so guilty that i know it wasn't my fault but you yeah. know i felt like you know I couldn't do this it was my body was rejecting the baby and yeah it was awful um so that was the yeah by far like the most sort of traumatic significant momentous thing that happened um that sort of led to led to everything we that took a long time to recover from you know emotionally and physically I was incredibly poorly I was very severely anemic afterwards because of all the bleeding um 
and I had to come to terms with with his loss you know and um the hospital are amazing they're all geared up for it they I held him the next morning um so they get him dressed and keep him in a little refrigerated cot and um my mum was there with me thank god um because she's not here now so you know she was with me at that point and held him and then um they give you a little memory box so they take his footprints and handprints and oh, measure him and weigh him and everything and do do little unofficial birth certificate and photographs so i've got all of that to remember him by that's um, really special yeah that's it's really, really nice. it's really special and i still look at them to this day yeah. You know, even with Rowan, I still miss that little boy. Yeah, and I, I feel so sad that he's not here. Um, so yeah, once, once we managed to recover, I mean, I think what we did then was like, right, let's get married. <laughs> we need something happy, yeah. so we planned the wedding, and um, we carried on trying to have a baby, um, but every single thing we tried, I went on special diets, whole and. Um, you know, to try and boost my hormone levels, and uh, I took, I did take some um, hormone therapy for a little while, went to a special, a private specialist, but that didn't help either, um, I got pregnant five more times across the course of the next few years, and every single time I miscarried early, so I miscarried before 12 weeks. So you had um, eight miscarriages yeah. overall? Yeah, yeah, eight miscarriages in eight years in total. And then by this point, obviously being eight years older, um, my heart my heart was a bit iffy for a few years. I got quite poorly around 2016 and I had to have a few um, procedures on my heart. And the doctors, I think they were almost trying to convince me this isn't the right path for you, mm-hmm. Melissa. This isn't going to happen and I wouldn't believe it. I didn't want to believe it. And then eventually one of my doctors, who I respect so much... I loved him. He just said, Melissa, you're not ever going to be able to carry a baby to term. So I think you need to be thinking about other other things. Yeah. And that that was it, really. That was the kind of, like, turning point, really, where I, I felt horrendous, like someone had just ripped, ripped away um, all that possibility for me and stuff. And, yeah, I just felt very, very low for a while, thinking that we weren't going to be parents and... We, we we started to to try and think what life might be like cuz just just us two mm. you know without a child in it um which was hard um i think i would have managed to to cope and sort of come to terms with not being a mum but the worst feeling for me was knowing that joe wouldn't be a dad because he wanted it so much yeah. and that that was the hardest bit for me really I think what's hard as well is you grow up thinking that there won't be any problem most of the time. Like obviously, yeah. it's quite common for women not to be able to carry children. Yeah. But you think you just don't think about it, do you? You just grow up think I can have kids. I mean, yeah. it could happen yeah. to like, you could, like either of us are still I young. I could possibly not be able to have children. I've got no idea. Mm. But it's not something you think about, is it? You just mm. think, oh, it's something that will happen at some point. You don't think of the latter. Yeah. I'd like to say, though, like, the, the immediate thought that came to me when you said that you felt guilty, almost like you had to say you were sorry, like, to me it seems like the complete opposite way around. Like, if I, if I, and I'm sure Joe did feel like this, like, to me I'd be so grateful that you tried with mm. everything against you and all of the things that you were putting at risk to, like, be such a badass to say, no, let's give it a go. Like, to me that, you should feel completely the opposite to feeling guilty that it didn't work, like, but to feel so proud that you 
gave it a go and didn't give up. Do you know what I mean? That's mm. so strong. It's like such a strong. Like I mean, again, I don't want to keep saying I don't want kids, but like if I did and someone said, oh, but you might, you know, there's a high chance that you have a stroke. Mm. I don't know if for me that would be enough to be like, okay, maybe I won't then. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like I think that's really strong and very brave of you, and to do it that many times as well to sort of say like fuck that, like, it's not going to win kind of thing, I think is really strong mm. and, and, like, very commendable and makes you very, um, yeah, should be very proud, I think. <laughs> well, Aww. I'm glad that you shared the, obviously, the story, because it is really important, and it is obviously important to the Zorogracy story as well. Yeah, to, it is definitely to me, yeah, I think, because obviously we wouldn't be here. Yeah, exactly. If all of that hadn't happened, we wouldn't be here where yeah. we are. Yeah. So. And, and I think there will be women, potentially, that are listening to this that have been through similar mm-hmm. but don't feel like um, anyone understands or that there's anyone they can talk to. You know, I'm sure it would be comforting to some people to know that there are women who have been through the same or similar and sort of managed and had happy endings and stuff, I think, will be really mm. important to a lot of people. So that's kind of why we wanted to cover sort of the difficult bit at the beginning, because you can't always just shy away from the sad stuff. You kind of mm. have to... We did want to quickly mention as well, in light of um, we both... Well, I recently saw that John Legend and his wife, Chrissy Teigen, I think it's how you say it, mm. lost their baby that they were just about to have um, and they put up some photos on Instagram of the two of them with their baby and the whole process you can see Chrissy like in tears and like getting like an epidural in her back yeah. and like you know it's like full on raw images of the whole miscarriage really and um, there was an awful lot of controversy around them sharing those images and people saying that they were oversharing and saying that that was too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wondered what your opinion was on that and whether you think that that's a load of bollocks. Because <laughs> <laughs> I do, personally. Yeah, that's yeah I, think, I think it's a load of bollocks. Yeah. I, I only saw that post a few days ago, just before you mentioned it, actually. I, I follow a few people on Instagram and they'd reposted. Yeah. I don't actually follow Chrissy Teigen, um, but I looked. I looked at the pictures and I read the story, and I thought, "Oh my goodness, so awful!" Um, and it's not just Chrissy. You know, it's it's obviously other celebrities have have yeah. spoken out about it as well. Um, and you know, I think of all those thousands and millions of women. It's normal, normal yeah. in inverted commas women. It's happened to. But for me, I just feel like if she she's obviously got a what do you call it, a platform where she is able to share these things and reach out to people and raise awareness. And I think sometimes that can be um, abused, Mm -hmm. but she's, I personally believe that she's, um, you know, tried to sort of share something um, which needs more awareness. Mm -hmm. Um, And like I said to you the other day, Jess, I just feel that a lot of people misunderstand what is involved when it comes to having what's known as a miscarriage but um it's and it, some people think of it as very black and white mm-hmm. um but actually obviously the further you get into a pregnancy the worse the worse it can be um yeah. and for her you know she was quite far into her pregnancy yeah, really I, believe, I believe about 20 weeks or something like mm-hmm. that um so she would have had to go through labor give birth to that child you know it's it, it's not like having a heavy period you know mm, she yeah. gave birth which is what to that people child. would say it is right is, yeah. when you think of yeah. miscarriage you think of just waking up with blood and exactly that's what's happened you don't yeah. think that of the... that is not realistic yeah um so she she labored that child 
and I my personal view is that yeah she shouldn't feel that she needs to silence her grief because no. when if you lose a husband or a wife or a a child that's you know older I mean god forbid um or if you lose a grandparent mm. or anything if you lose a living person it's accepted to to grieve to publicly grieve mm-hmm. if you lose an unborn child people don't seem to sort of accept or believe that that is to be yeah yeah like that child doesn't deserve the same level of respect or grief that mm-hmm. you would give a living person um, that has passed away and I totally disagree with yes. that I think that was her child mm-hmm. um, he just was too small to survive outside the womb mm-hmm. that, and that's why the the cutoff for abortion is very controversial which is 24 weeks because babies have been born before 24 yeah. weeks and they've survived yeah. um, so it's very controversial um, yeah so I know I completely support you know anybody who feels the the desire to to grieve publicly I think yeah. that's her right and I, people I, don't have to read it they don't yeah, have to read it yeah, yeah I think nobody can tell you how to feel or no. how to behave um it's, it's it's the same as like um like Malin Sara she shares a lot of stuff about her she domestic- was on Love Island she a couple of years ago which one she please? lost her mum and she lost her baby and she was oh. being abused by her partner oh my God, all in the space of probably about three or yeah. four years but she maybe. shares a lot of like pretty graphic images of like injuries from her domestic and violence and she shares pictures of her ba- of her baby who passed yeah, away yeah and um but she's like I've, I've never seen her once apologise like she shouldn't she's, she's, she's just like this has been my life you should definitely follow her. She's and this amazing. is um, this is what some women have to deal with. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's healthy for us to go through life thinking that everybody, everything's all tickety-boo and wonderful mm-hmm. for everyone because then you have no empathy mm-hmm. and you have no understanding or, or compassion. So I think if that's how people need to grieve, then, you know, they should be allowed to do that, personally. Yeah. People just don't like to be faced with something that's so... They just don't deal with. Yeah, they don't know how to deal with it, and I think I, I have absolutely one hundred percent been faced with people who literally have no idea what to say to me Mm. to the point where they will just pretend like it's not happened, Mm. and that is really hard. Yeah, because I'm quite I'm an open person. I I am really open. I'm a very sensitive person, and but I'm also really strong. And I'm like happy to speak about my experiences. Yeah. Um, and I need to. I need to to, to yeah. help me you cope can't with keep them. It out no. Yeah. Um, and I have found, you know, two or three people in my life have literally just ignored what's happened. And but that's for them, isn't it? Yeah. Not for you. That's not what you need. That's what they need is to discuss. It's easy yeah. for me if we don't yeah. talk about it. Yeah. 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 It's not acceptable, in my opinion. Anyway. Well, I'm glad that you think that she did the right thing. I mm. think the people that have obviously said that she's not are just being idiots, to be honest. There shouldn't be any controversy no. about it at the end of the no, day. No, they have no right. They've not... Well, I would say probably the vast majority of them have probably never been through anything like that, so they don't yeah. know how it feels. And if they do and they disagree because they've felt the need to suppress their their feelings, then I feel sorry for them, yeah. mm. you know? Yeah, um, it's not a healthy way of dealing with it. No, I, do, I agree, yeah. Um, so we are going to move on to the second part of the story, which is the surrogacy. Mm-hmm. So, 
We know about Amy popping around with the Chinese. Yeah. Um, <laughs> casually sliding it in there. Sliding but, into your DM. Yeah, exactly. Um, but can you tell us sort of firsthand from sort of the moment she mentioned it? Or did you know something was going on when she came round? Did you have a little inkling that she had well, a plan? I think you sent a little message to Jo. Yeah, when, I was in, when I was in hospital and I'd just been given this bombshell um, yeah. bit of news that I shouldn't really be trying for a baby again... Um, I think you messaged Joe, didn't you, yeah. and say, listen, I, I I, want to come and talk to you about this. Don't tell Melissa, because I don't want her to get It was like... really casual, actually, Melissa. Oh, was it? You know what me and Joe are like. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're really So Joe casual. was like, oh, really sad, like, talking about your heart and, you know, all the kind of normal. And yeah. then he was like, and we're so sad, because it doesn't look like we'll be able to have babies. And I just replied, do you want me to do it for you? <laughs> <laughs> literally like that and joe replied going ha ha and i said i'm serious i could be your surrogate and he just shrugged it off like it like i was ban- like bants yeah you know, yeah and then i was like no that's actually what i meant <laughs> <laughs> but that's how it went it was as casual as that and joe was yeah. like ha. Oh. i was like no no i'm being serious so you, you, when she popped round, you kind of I, maybe thought something I was... think maybe Joe meant... I can't remember exactly, but I think maybe he mentioned something to me. Like, oh, Amy has, has said maybe she might like consider this. Would you, be, would you be up for that, maybe? And so then when you said, oh, can I come round for dinner? I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. She's, oh, my God, she's going to talk about it. No, and I got myself all like flustered yeah. and nervous as oh. if I was going to get proposed to or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, and then you came round and we had the the meal and I remember eating the meal and I was like, is she gonna say, is she gonna say something? It's literally like it was honestly. It's gonna ask me. It's gonna ask me. pudding. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> I will be your surrogate in the spaghetti hoops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, it was um, it was very weird. And then afterwards, we went in the living room and sat down and we were just chatting and. Yeah, and then you... She I'd... was making eyes, and... <laughs> <laughs> she was dressed up all nice. I definitely wasn't. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, sorry, um, And, yeah, and then I think it... We just... I think you said something like, look, Melissa, you know, I wanted to come round because I really wanted to talk to you about the, the possibility of, of me actually being your surrogate. Um, and I, I don't know, I think inside I was, like, a little excited yeah child oh. you know and I was like <laughs> but I was trying to be really cool and calm yeah. on the outside and um because I didn't want I don't know I, I was just nervous I didn't know quite know how I was supposed to react um but I think Joe and I almost looked at each other and you just give that kind of like this you know the, the nod almost like Aww. are you okay with this yeah I'm okay with this okay and we sort of turned to you and were like yeah <laughs> definitely uh, yeah. <laughs> like bit your hand off didn't we really yeah. um because we had we'd begun to talk about other options what we were going to look whether we we're going to look at adoption or whatever possibly and um but one thing we were certain of is that we if we were going to have a baby we really did want it to be ours biologically mm-hmm. um so i think we were we were there mentally. We were in that place where we were ready to to accept um, and sort of embrace that. And we, I think, we just said to you, Ames, are you are you sure? Like, are you happy for yeah. us to just get cracking? Honestly, because the, there's a seminar at an IVF clinic <laughs> next week we want to go to. <laughs> are you okay it. with this? And you were like, yeah, because you actually wanted to get on with it, didn't you? Yeah. You you 
because you thought at the time you were going to have another baby. Yeah, I so, did consider maybe if I wanted another one, yeah. that I wanted to get on and... Yeah, have ours and then yeah. go on and have another yeah, one Yeah, but yourself. then I decided against it. No. As much as I love them. <laughs> I was like, maybe This not. one you get to be pregnant and then you get to give it away. It's amazing. <laughs> So that, that was it, really. I, I think remember I... Joe grabbing the laptop and he started Googling it. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, Amy, me. there's a lot involved. Are you sure mm. there's a lot? And I was like, Joe, don't question me. <laughs> I yeah. can do this. Well, once you made your mind up, that was it, wasn't yeah. it? I was you like, I can do really it, it's determined. fine. Like, it's fine. And I was really, like, not laid back, but I was like, I'd already mm. sort of looked but into it. In a way, I think that was the best bit, that you were really laid back mm. about it. Because I think... Maybe some some people might have thought, oh my goodness, like they're way too casual about it all, and mm. Um, mm. we did do it properly. I just want to yeah. say for yeah, the record, yeah. you know, it was it was all official and you know approved by a clinic, and um, it was all legal and everything. But I, but your attitude to it was just so like, it's fine. Like let's just do it, and that was the best bit about it, and that's mm. what made me so sure that this was the right thing to do because you weren't going to overanalyze it. Yeah. You weren't, you didn't get in a panic about everything. You were just really easygoing. And Love that, being pregnant. it just <laughs> made it so easy for us. Well, yeah. I think if, if you'd have been there like, I think I want to do this, that probably would have been a red flag, wouldn't it? Like, it's not yeah. 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. have wanted to enter into this if there was any doubt in Amy's mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's not fair on her. I, yeah. and or that, on you. No, yeah, no, yeah. no. Um, so what would you say was the, I'm going to start off with the positive, Mm -hmm. so what would you say was, so apart from obviously the obvious having Rowan at the end, what would you say was the most positive part of the surrogacy journey, what was the nicest part for you? Um, would you say it was Amy being a surrogate? Yeah, I would say, yeah, so two things, I would say Amy being so close to us, yeah. I think, was just so special. Mm-hmm. And we felt so privileged, obviously, that she was willing to do this for us. And somebody said to me once, oh, she must really like you then, like as her <laughs> sister-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, well, I hope so. Because <laughs> um, yeah, like, obviously, you, right. <laughs> you know, you love your brother and you do it for him, but you potentially you might not like your sister-in-law enough to do something like that. But I, yeah, I think it was so special for us that it was someone within the family. Um, a lot of people that enter into surrogacy do it with somebody that they didn't know previously. Um, they, they form a friendship with them via an agency or through social networking. Um, and then they they match that's what it's called you know mm. they match up with it's like um, a dating site kind of like Tinder. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of for surrogates and intended parents and they match up and then they announce right we've matched and then they crack on with the, the treatment and everything but um it was we, we we would have much preferred do it with someone that we knew and that we trusted wholeheartedly and I can honestly say that about Ames is you know we we both trust her completely there was absolutely no doubt in our minds that um she would change her mind or you know and and that anything would go wrong and yeah and also you know that she's sensible she's not you know taking cocaine and going out partying on a friday night yeah yeah Yeah. so she we knew she was going to treat this pregnancy as if it were her own baby yeah um and then the other thing i was going to say if i can remember (laughs) is just that amy was so wonderful throughout the process because Amy had all her you know she had all the rights basically Joe and I were like 
we have no rights whatsoever throughout the process yeah yeah. it is bizarre and it that will come to that in a minute but yeah that was the that was hard thing for me but um we just knew Amy was going to be amazing and she involved us in absolutely everything like all the scans all the appointments she could have just said no I don't want you there Mm. but she just yeah treated us as if we were the most important people in all this um and it was brilliant like we just felt completely utterly part of everything Mm. she was going through um so yeah that was probably the best bit for me I think with the scans and stuff if you're like from a surrogate's point of view if you make it your own it feels like your own yeah if you have your scans with the surrogate with the parents it feels like it's there you're reminded of why you're there yeah Yeah. i think if i'd gone to things with my husband i would have been like this is like weird it's Mm. he kept completely separate from it he was supportive but he kept Mm. separate so it was very different to when i was pregnant with phoebe with my baby it was very much like joe melissa's baby and I was just you know the scans I was looking you were just doing a job I was just yeah literally like shutting the emotion off to a point and just looking at their reaction because it was their baby thank you for listening join us next week when we'll have part two of Melissa's story 